You know, we've been on a journey here as a, as a church in this house, in this family. We've been uh, looking over the summer just at, at finding our place in the, in the body of Christ, what it meant to, what it means to be church. What does that really look like? So wherever you find yourself, what we're doing this morning, the service, the building, the, you know, all the, the songs, whatever, that's, not, that's not the church in and of itself. It's the people around you. Just take a quick look at those people around you. Yeah, take a Hey, there you go. Pretty good-looking people, eh? I mean, jeez. It's a good-looking church. Um, but we, we've been looking at... Okay, that's enough looking, all right? We've, we've been looking at, a, at the, the book of Corinthians where Paul's talking about uh, with the church from Greece, and uh, he had told them to rightly discern the body of Christ. And it's talking during that part about communion, uh, but it, the, 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 the whole part of that uh, story and that, that message to that church is dealing with relationships. So it's not just the bread and the wine that he's talking about discerning right. He's talking about the rest of the body as well. Discerning the, the, the people around you, having a, a good idea of who they are. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about how each person is a part of the body if you're a follower of Jesus. You're already a part of, uh, of his body, and his body now is supposed to look like his body then. So when Jesus was walking the planet in his physical body, that, he was doing incredible things. He was casting out demons, there was miracles, there was healings, there was compassion, there was a lot of different things that were happening. He was meeting people's um, financial needs, physical needs, all those kind of things were happening. And that's what he says, I want my body to look like that as well now. So that's what we're looking at. And in order for that to happen, every person, every part of the body has to be connected to the head. There has to be genuine relationship between you and Jesus, not as a whole church, individually. We talked about how each part must be connected to each other. It's no good if, you know, you're like the dismembered finger that, you know, you think, well, I'll just kind of go to church, you know, to the, to the local church whenever I feel like it. But you're not really connected. He says we need each part. And then that each part is functioning, not, uh, not kind of falling asleep, you know, like the, we talked about the sleepy leg. So those um, are a couple of thoughts of getting to here. But we said that every believer is a minister. Everyone. She's probably a mouth. I, I can tell, you know. I see the gift on, on her already. She's got your attention. <laughs> but every, every believer is a minister. And what do ministers do? They do ministry. In North America, we always think, oh, it's that guy at the front. He's the one who does ministry. But you know what? God's saying, no, hey, it's you. That person sitting beside you. Yeah, I know. You're like, what? Me? Whoa, wait a second. Hold on. What are they, what are they saying here? You are the one that God is calling to do ministry and uh, you don't need Bible school training to do it. We looked at the, you know, the, the early church. They were like amateurs if there ever was one. Uh, and yet they were doing ministry and seeing, uh, seeing God move through their life to touch someone else's. That's the simple definition of ministry, that he moves through your life to touch someone else's life. So uh, there's going to be some of the, the messages from the, from the cu- past couple of weeks. They'll be online. Uh, check them out on iTunes because this just doesn't stand all on its own. This today doesn't make a whole lot of sense without the other ones. Uh, it, it'll make sense, but you need some of the other things. We talked about heart conditions and, and how, to, uh, how to do ministry as a, as a church. But let's just jump right in this morning and, and take a look at, uh, at gifts. We... Uh, we, wanted to, we talked the last bit about saying, hey, we're going to help you find out what your gifts are and, and uh, why God designed you the way he did and, and looking at that and how it affects the rest of the body. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, um, Paul said to them there, he says, Dear brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know, concerning spiritual things, I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to misunderstand this because it's so easy to misunderstand it. And you'll see as we go through that, sometimes if you think the wrong way about something, you live that way because of the way you think. 
Like, for instance, back in the day, I thought, all my life, I thought I've never had chicken pox. So then when, so when, when people would get chicken pox, I'd be like, stay away from me, you know, because I, I, in my head, I thought I've never had it, and I definitely don't want to catch it now. It's way worse when you're an adult. So, like, thinking, I'm not, I don't want to get it. And then... Uh, all of a sudden, you know, my, uh, my daughter's first birthday party, she gets chicken pox. And I'm like, I'm going to skip her first birthday party. Uh, and my parents are like, what? what? What's wrong? It's like, Reese has chicken pox. You know, I'm not going to that first birthday party. Keep her away from me. You know, I've never had them. And my mom's like, what are you talking about? You had chicken pox when you were a baby. I was like, I did? You know, I've spent 30 years running away from chicken pox because I thought that I might catch them. See how your thought process affects the way you live your life? It's the same with this. If we don't think that, you know, we've got any sort of purpose, if we don't think that God's got a reason for us to do something, we just live without doing anything. We're just like, yeah, all right, I'll go to church and let someone else do everything. But you're missing out on, uh, on what God's put in your life to be and who you are, and we're missing out on the fact that he puts you in this place for a reason, and there's something that you have to offer that no one else can. No one else is, is designed just like you. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 6, carrying on there says this, um, and we looked at this last week, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who works all in, in all of us. And we looked at before, last week we looked at the same. It's the same God, the same Spirit, the same Lord, and keeping that focus. Today I want to look at different. The, I want to look at the different part, because once you understand that God and the same God is doing everything, then, it's, then you can look at the different part and realize that, okay, there's difference. Arby's was uh, their slogan. Arby's is different, and different is good. See, yeah, some people are good Arby's fans. That's good. Um, different is different is good, and that's the same for us as a church. He said, being different, being if we're all the same, life's pretty boring. It's not. It, there's you know we're missing out on something if if it's all the same. Um, and different, if we're talking about different in function, not different in value. Not like there's this there's this uh, hierarchy of. These people are, are the most valuable, and these people are not. The people who preach, though, those guys, I mean, that's it. That's, everybody should aspire to be that. You know, back in the day, if you served the Lord, you were either a preacher or a missionary. You know, and if you didn't do that, well, then you're just a regular person. But, you know, th that's totally not what the Bible ever talked about. Every person has the same value. And just to be able to function that, and sometimes because we don't realize value, we just, we don't function. And there's different types of gifts, different types. If you were on Facebook, our Facebook page uh, this week, you may have noticed there was, a, there was a column of people weighing in on the different types of gifts. And they say, you know, some questions. John puts it out there. Hey, you know, do you think that the that people have, you know, the gifts or what? Uh, just throwing out a question. You just get a, a plethora of answers. And then my mom, of course, the Bible school teacher, has to weigh in and, you know, give away my whole sermon. So uh, for those of you who, who uh, have read that already, you get to see that there's different types of gifts. And so there's a good, there's a good use for Facebook, too. The rest of it's, you know, all the fake book stuff. I mean, that's a big waste of time. But there's a good use for, for it as well. So I challenge you to check it out. But in First Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says this. God has given each of you, say each of you, say each of me, that's right, God has given me, personally you, a gift, a free gift, it says, from his great variety of spiritual gifts, use them well to serve one another, what do you use gifts for? Serving one another, don't miss that. He's given everybody one, so you're all in, and it's used to serve one another. He says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. And if you have the gift of helping others, do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. 
then everything you do will bring glory to God, like we just sang about, through Christ Jesus. We can sing about it, but boy, we can sure do it in our life if we'll, if we'll do these two things. And it says that all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Kind of breaks things down. And what we want to try and do this summer is help you to understand the gifts all across the, the, the body and how they work so that you're not, so you're not misunderstanding them and you're able to say, hey, I, I get it now. And because I get it, I can, I can actually do something with it. So really, really simple things. Who are the gifts given to? To me. Who are the gifts given to? To me. Like you believe it. Who are the gifts given to? Me. To me. Yeah. All of you have received a gift and all of the gifts are to help you do ministry. All those giftings that he's given you are used to help you affect someone else's life. Letting God touch someone else's life around you. The different types, it talks about speaking gifts and serving gifts. It can break down as simple as two things. My question is, what do you think? If you just think about yourself, are you more led to have, are you more likely to have a speaking gift? Do you love talking in front of people? There's one with a speaking gift right there. <laughs> or do you have a serving gift? Because it breaks down into those two types of things. And with both gifts, it says be dependent on God. If you're going to speak, speak as if it's God speaking through you, not just whatever you feel like. And if it's, if it's serving, well, serve with the strength that he gives you so that God's the one who gets glory. You know, number one fear in the world is speaking in public. It's number one fear. But I challenge you not to let fear be the determination of whether you have that gifting or not. Because if everybody's scared of that, then, then some of us have had to push through that fear. I remember being terrified to speak. Terrified of it. Uh, but the thing is, it's saying, don't, you know, don't allow fear, fear of serving, fear of getting things wrong, any kind of fear to, uh, to, to affect you negatively in it. Both are the same value. Serving, speaking, just different in function. You know, and that's where Paul talked about, and we saw that the mouth can never say to a hand, I don't need you. You know, I'm the mouth. I speak. I don't need any hands. You can't ever say that. We need each other as a body. Then it talks about that there's gifts of the Spirit, which, we, which in 1 Corinthians it talks about. And those are the ones that get people all weirded out. They're the ones that's like speaking in tongues, unknown languages. Is that for today? No, that's from the book of Acts. You know? Or miracles or healings. Well, God doesn't do that anymore. You know, or, or it's talking about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. And it's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I want to challenge you that a lot of times we use the words and we call those gifts. Those aren't really gifts like, hey, I'm going to give you a present and say, here you go. Here's something that you can have for the rest of your life. It's more like Holy Spirit gives you an experience. And the best way that I could kind of describe it is like, is like for somebody to give me a ride in a Ferrari. Which is, if any, anybody got a Ferrari, like the 458 Italia would be, would be uh, pre preferable. But if you had a Ferrari and you gave me a ride in the Ferrari, it would do something for me. It would be like, whoa, that was quite the amazing experience. And it would be, you know, but I couldn't go and make someone give me a ride in a Ferrari. I can't go to the, you know, to the Ferrari dealership and say, hey, you know, I want you to, you know, give me a ride. And they're like looking at you like, yeah, you can't afford one of these. There's no way, you know, you're not joy riding this, this thing. But it's, it's in a, if I know somebody who owns a Ferrari and our relationship becomes closer and we become better friends and he's like, yeah, I'll pick you up for church and I'll bring the Ferrari. You know, there may, you can put yourself in a place where those things can happen more often just by the relationship of, of being with, in relationship, same thing with Holy Spirit, being in connected relationship with Holy Spirit, those things can happen. Again, it, the, the, the illustration isn't great because the experience isn't for you, 
It's not to say, woo, I had one of those experiences. He's using it uh, through you for the body. We're not talking about that today, okay? We won't go there. The visitors, we're going to spare you, you know, all the, the crazy stuff. We're not crazy. Um, it, it, then it talks about the, the, uh, the equipping gifts. It talks in Ephesians chapter 4 that there's these equipping gifts, that they're like the player coaches we talked about, the pastors, apostles, teachers, prophets, and evangelists. They're there to help equip the body to do the work of the ministry. They're not to build up their own big name ministries because they've got like a title. There's not, none of that's in, in the Bible. It's to help the body come to the unity. That's what he says. That's, we're going to need apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists until we're all in unity. Unity of the faith and growing up, growing up as, as the church so that we actually look like the body of Jesus. So that you can see when you go there, like, wow, you know, God's in that place. Because these kind of, th- man, it just looks like, it looks like Jesus. That's what it looks like. So we're going to be there. But today I want to look at Romans chapter 12. I want to, we're not going to get through all of it, but I want to look at what we call the motivational gifts. The, the things that are hardwired into you. God gave you these when you were born. Adelaide already has one of these in her life or more. Uh, and so do you. They're there from the day you were born. And uh, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He's saying, present your bodies as, as living sacrifices. What's a sacrifice do? Sacrifice is dead, right? It's dead. It's, it's dead to its own will. It has no will. It doesn't decide, I'm climbing off the altar here. I'm not getting burned. You know, it, says, it, it has no... It has no um, feeling for its own visions or its own desires or its own goals. It has none of that anymore. It's a sacrifice. It's, it's, uh, it's dead. And that's the same thing he's saying. But you guys be living sacrifices. So be alive, but have that same heart attitude of it's not all about me. It's not all about what I want. It's, not, it, it's saying, God, I surrender to what you want in my life because that's my reasonable service or my reasonable act of, of worship. And then uh, he says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God transform your mind. That's where hoping happens today, that as we look at his word, it transforms the way you think about you. Because what, if, if you can get to that place of understanding who you are and why God made you the way you are, you can make a real difference in the world around you for him, for his cause. And it says, then, then you will learn to know God's will for you. It's great to know God's will, but it sure is great to know God's will for you. Why did God make Derek the way he made him? Why, why is he the way that he is? Because God's got a plan for his life. He's designed specifically that way. And we need to think differently. Then it says in, in verse 3, it says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think of yourself better than you really are. Remember we talked about examine yourself first? Don't think of yourself as, wow, you're something great. He's saying, um, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. And just as our bodies, here he goes again. Every time he talks about gifts, he talks about the body. Realize that the body, it's the people around you. There's many members and each has a special part. Each one of our, so we are many parts of one body, but we all belong to each other. He says it so many times, and you say, Mark, you've said this so many times, because I hope that we get it. Once you realize that you, you have a gifting, that you use it to benefit the body. Then it says in verse 6, in his grace, God has given different gifts for doing certain things well. These are free gifts. These are things that you can't earn, and you don't get to choose. He just says he gives them to you. Not, um, 
not thinking you say, hey, these are the ones that I want. That's one thing. We don't get to choose which of these gifts we get. We do get to choose something, though. We do get to choose how we're going to use them. How are we going to use the gifts that are, that are in us? Galileo said, you know, all truths are easy to understand once they're discovered. The point is to discover them. All giftings, I would say, are the same thing. Once you understand them, they're so much easier to, to use, but it's discovering them. It's finding out which one am I. It says, um, it says this in verse 6. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, well, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. See, it's not just about discovering them and finding out what you are. It's, it's actually using them. You know, after we go through this study of this week and next week, you, at the end, all of a sudden, you're like, wow, I'm a giver. And, you know, all, you know, somebody, you see somebody with a need, you know, that says, hey, they, they could really use some gas in their tank. You're like, well, that's awesome. I'm going to pray for you. Well, no, you're a giver, right? So what do you do? I will give you my prayers. No, because he's motivated you to be a giver. There'll be something inside saying, you know what? Whoa, wait, whoa, wait a second. I know what I can do. I'll give you a gas card because there, there's an understanding of how that works. And a lot of times you think, oh, you know what? I'll call the pastor because he'll know what to do in this situation. Not just discovering it, but living it out. And there, we call them motivational gifts because they're, they're, they're on the inside of you and they motivate you to do different things. It says God's given you um, the, a, a passion. It's kind of in your heart. Why do you see the world the way you see it? Because there's a motivation on the inside that when you see a problem, you see a certain way of handling it. For some, it's called a pastor. For others, it's like, no, I can do something about this. And they actually do something. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of things. My mom taught this course. I'm going to give you a couple quick points just uh, shooting them out there that talk about what uh, the motivational gifts are. Number one, you're going to feel comfortable in your gift. Number two, you have it from birth. Just like we said with baby Adelaide, she's already gifted. You have more than one. So of the things we just talked about, it's not just one of them. There's more of them there, but there's going to be one that's strong. You can develop all of them in your life, but you will have the one that feels the most natural. And your gift affects your perspective of life. It affects the way you see life. So if you look at these seven, for instance, picture seven blind guys all going to see an, see an elephant for the very first time and describe to you what an elephant looks like. So the seven blind guys go to the elephant and, and they come back and they say, okay, well this is, you know, the first guy says, well, actually, you know, an elephant is exactly like a fire hose. And you're like, huh? What are you talking about? Well, all he's holding on to is the trunk, so that's all he knows. Well, it's definitely like a fire hose. And the next guy's like, wait a second, no, wait, it's like a, it's like a sail. It's like a sail from like a windsurfer or something because he's holding on to his ear. The other one's like, what? you guys are both on glue. Like really, seriously, this elephant is like a, uh, like a sword, like a big spear because he's holding on to the tusk. The other one's like, you know what? You're nuts, man. The, an elephant is like a tree because he's holding on to the leg. It's like exactly like a tree. The other one's like, you're nuts. You know, it's like a, it's like, it's like a bottom of a boat. Like I, and he's feeling underneath the big belly of an elephant. The other one's like, it's like riding a really fat horse, you know, because he's sitting on top. And I was like, you know what? You guys, none of you have any idea. An elephant is just like a fly swatter because he's holding on to the tail. So who's right? All of them. All of them and none of them. 
And you see, that's why we look at, what, what, what about ministry? What is ministry like? Oh, it's doing this, it's preaching, it's doing that. That's what ministry is. Well, you're right, but you're also not quite there because we need them all. We need them all. If we don't understand that, we got, we got just one big trunk going off all the time, you know, just blowing off steam, and everybody's like, ooh, that was amazing. Well, I hope you think it's amazing. But, uh, but there's more than that. And that's why they said we, we have this, this whole body, that uh, these giftings that he's put out there. And you know what? The thing about the giftings is you can have the same gifting as someone and it looks completely different on them than it does on you. It's like a PC and a Mac. You can run the same program on one, but the Mac runs incredibly better than the PC. So, so you, can, you can see that. For instance, an, en- <laughs> For instance, an encourager. If you're an encourager and that's on a person who has a gift of speaking, you could have a preacher who's, who's an encouraging speaker, but you could also have a gift of encouragement and not be a speaker at all. You're the kind of person who comes alongside somebody and, you know, you'll sit with them and, and help them figure out their, uh, how to uh, step out and what they're doing. You could have an encourager on a person with a gift of music and they'd be a phenomenal worship leader encouraging people to worship God. But that same encouragement with somebody who's not uh, gifted musically, that's just going to be awful. So it's understanding that just because it looks the same, the, the gift is the same, it's not going to look the same on every person. And I just think it's, it's so cool how God has designed all of that. It's, it's uh, today I thought too, am I going to race through and try and do everything all at once and try and get all seven of these out there? We're not going to be able to do it. We're just going to do one today. Just for the, we'll just give you one. We, as we go through it, we're going to look at each one. Uh, we're going to look at biblical examples of these, uh, of these gifts. We're going to look at the purpose for in the church today so you know what it's used for. We're going to look at how you can use it here at Kingsway, if that's you. We're going to look at how to recognize in other people so you understand why they do what they do. Why does that person always have to be right? Why can that person never say no? Why do they have to have everything perfect all the time? Because there's a motivational gift. They're hardwired a certain way. And if you understand it, boy, you can, uh, you can much easier take certain things like that. So there's a, a website, too, if you're interested in saying, hey, I'd, I'd really like to kind of get ahead. Uh, I'm going to go home and check it out. It's called gifttest.org. Take, a, take it. It's 30 questions. You answer them. It'll give you a good idea of which ones you are. I take five to seven minutes and go through one. Deal? Might be fast, EB. It might be fast. Put your seatbelt on. Here we go. Um, the first one is prophecy. Prophecy is, is confusing a little bit for people because there's so many different, different uh, translations of that word or different understandings of it. Sometimes it's like for, for a prophetic utterance where someone speaks out in a group like this and they, they speak about something that's going to happen in the future. The Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. You know, that could, be a, that could be a prophetic thing because it hasn't happened yet. Here's hoping. The, uh, the, but then there's the body equipper, which we talked about, the coach who's a prophet, and that's, that's, what they, that's how they're equipping the body and using it. And then there's that inner motivation that might not necessarily be connected to either of the other two. It's just the way that you're motivated, the way you see things. And we're going to go with the word perceiver instead of prophecy because it just keeps things simple. Perceiver is, and, and here, take a, take a listen to this. These are the characteristics of somebody who has the gift of being a perceiver. So think about it. Does this look like me? Does that sound like me? If you hear those things, check them off. Or does it look like somebody I know, your husband or your wife? If you're married to perceiver, we pray for you. This, uh, perceivers are interesting, interesting people. They, number one, they got a passion for God's purposes. What he wants, that's really important to them. They're big picture people. They never see the small stuff, really. They just, it's all about the big picture. Lots of vision. 
They have a keen sense of right and wrong. There's no gray areas with these people. It's either this or that. It's either Mac or it's garbage. You know, it's either John Deere, John Deere, or nothing else, right? Like, it's either it's a Gucci purse or you might as well carry a grocery bag, right? Like, it's, they, they only have, they only have one side or the other. There's no middle area for them. They call it like they see it. So it doesn't matter even if they see it wrong. They're calling it like they see it. They make great umpires and referees. I, not so good. You know, I see, I feel sorry for the kid who swung. I was like, well, he almost ticked it. You know, we'll call it a ball. It, the, these guys were like, are you nuts? He's out of there! Like, that's their, that's their whole, uh, the way they're, they're made up. They tend to be perfectionists. And they have extremely high standards for their life. They want stuff done right the first time. They feel the need to express themselves verbally. They often have strong opinions on things. They see biblical truth that others fail to see, and then they challenge those people with that. How come you didn't see that? And then they also want people to, to repent. They identify, define, and hate evil. And they challenge people to deal with sin and bear fruits of repentance. Does that sound like you? sound like somebody you know? They got some weaknesses too that sometimes you can recognize them by those. They can become too extreme on their viewpoints and lose credibility with people. They get so focused on one side that they can't think of anything else and people don't, they don't take them for, for what it's worth. They can come across too harsh sometimes. They're really blunt. They tell you uh, things that, that seem insensitive. They, uh, they can focus way too much on the negative. Every situation, the glass is half full. They can be hard-headed and have a hard time accepting other people's opinions. For them, it's like, if I wanted your opinion, I'd give it to you. They jump to conclusions before they have all the facts. They tend to expect immediate repentance. I told you what to do, right? Now do it. They get emotionally carried away and they raise their voice sometimes. They can embarrass themselves and others in public and not even know it. And they can have such high standards that they border on being legalistic. I'm like, God, what were you thinking putting these people in the body? <laughs> like, seriously, what, were you, what are you thinking? That, that doesn't sound like I want to be that. Anybody? But God put them in the body for a very important reason, and they are incredibly important to have. John the Baptist was one of these guys. You have to take me on this, but check up uh, the book of Luke. Uh, John was aware of his place. He wasn't thinking too highly of himself. He said that Jesus was coming after him. That's what he was all about. He looked at uh, his focus being on Scripture and on the Word. He always took them there. He emphasized right and wrong. He perceived the motives of people. He could see right through somebody who was fake. He's like, the Pharisees came like, we want to be baptized. And he's like, you brood of vipers. Like, these people can be pretty blunt. And yet it was to, to bring about repentance in their life. And he looked for signs of repentance. He looked for that. And you know what? The purpose of them. If that's you, or you know somebody like that, their purpose, their primary function for them is to reveal what they see in a way that's going to help others. That's what your purpose is, is to reveal what you see. You're seeing it because others aren't. You're seeing it for a reason, and that's to reveal it in a way that will help others. But it's revealing it in that way. The Bible talks in Ephesians chapter 4, speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth, but in love. At Kingsway, this is our, 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 our thought is we love, we accept, we forgive, and we encourage. 
We love, accept, forgive, encourage. So finding ways, if you have these things, to say, hey, how can I help somebody? How can I love, accept, forgive, and encourage someone to, to live what I can see for their life? Romans 12, verse 9 says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Really love them with those gifts. Use that gift to serve. Sometimes you're going to see things as a, as a perceiver that you need to pray about rather than speak about. That gift, if you want to know where it can be used, it's great in preaching. It really is. And we think, oh, preachers have to be the pastor. No, they don't. Perceivers, if you've got that gifting, think about talking. Think about speaking because it's on you for that. That gift is great in counseling with others because they see the right and the wrong. You know, 80% of counseling is ineffective because people don't really want to necessarily hear. But a lot of times the perceiver is great for helping them hear. They're great for leading worship. The perceiver is great for that. They're great for leading Bible study. So if you have that gifting, you're thinking, hey, what do I do with it? Thinking, man, I, I couldn't see myself doing those things. I challenge you to see yourself doing those things because you're a gift that this body absolutely needs. And it says then use it to the limits of your faith. So once you recognize that gifting in yourself, use it. And once you recognize it in someone else, let me give you a few things. If you live with a perceiver, here's a couple things that will help you a lot. Don't be easily offended. If we got perceivers in our house here and they come and talk to you and tell you about stuff, don't be easily offended by them. Realize God's put them in a body for a reason. We need them. Show them grace and mercy when they get it wrong. But look inside for what they're saying because, you know, most of the time they're getting it right. There's something that they're saying that we need to hear. And progressive holiness in our lives is the reason why they're in this body. They're here to help. I know some of you, I, I know, I mean, a couple of you I know just even talking to you that you have this gift and, and I hope you realize that, but we need that. We definitely need it. And if you say, hey, that has zero, none of those things were me, that's okay because different is good. And you'll find out next week what the possibility is for, for where you might be and what you can do. But realize, we accept and we believe and we know that we need that gifting in this place. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you this morning to be zealous to figure out which part you are. Figure out what part of the body you are. We are his church. He said, you know, this place, is, this, this group of people is going to like storm the gates of hell. They're going to make such a difference on the planet that, you know, all the crap and rotten stuff going on in lives around us. This church, the church, is going to make a difference there. The way it makes a difference is understanding that. 